the European Union wages war on Christmas and loses, and other examples of the backlash coming against woke theology. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Keith Crosby Out of My Mind. This is Podcast 067, Podcast 67, and today we want to have a biblical conversation with you about the crazy world in which we live. So join us over the next 20 minutes or so as we provide you a bird's eye view perspective of a complex issue confronting our culture, the church, and you as we apply God's word to make sense of it all. And at the end of the podcast, we'll point you to additional resources just in case you'd like to dig a little bit deeper. In the meantime, let's get started. All right, Keith. So this is actually one uh, that I haven't heard too much about. And so uh, it's really interesting to me because I think that the European Union loves to kind of uh, embrace that woke ideology. And so uh, so what's up with the whole Christmas and their war on Christmas? Well, Mark, while wokeness in all of its ugly forms seems to have a big foothold here in America, it's not doing so well abroad in much of the European Union and many European countries. And what's particularly interesting about this is is that while Europe and in the European Union, we usually see them as uh, progressive and very elitist, and, very, and the United States wants to be more like Europe than it does itself, it appears that the European Union and many of those states that comprise it reject wokeness in all of its forms, particularly the racialization of culture. And oddly enough, the controversy, the flashpoint for this controversy right now is Christmas and gender. All right, Christmas and gender. Uh, those are two very different topics. So, so how do these two relate, and why do they? Uh, how do they relate in this context? Well, I know it, you know it does sound kind of crazy because it's two Christmas and gender. They are unrelated, but what they are related by or connected by, and this latest controversy is timing, and the woke uh, or critical theory inclusiveness issues. The European Union is headquartered in Brussels, Belgium, and their policy is made for the rest of Europe, mostly by unelected administrative officials that doesn't really speak for the people. They exist sort of in a bubble, like our administrative state does here today in America. They are disconnected and seemingly out of touch. And towards the end of uh, October of this year, uh, the European Union Commission on Language issued a, a, a document, a paper, that was entitled European Commission Union on Guidelines for Inclusive Communication. And what it does is it's sort of a style guide for European Union employees in all their written communications like press releases, social media posts, speeches, training material, and stuff like that. And in one section of it, uh, the document recommends commission employees avoid using terms like Christmas or Christmas time because Christmas is not celebrated by everyone in the European Union. Not everyone is a Christian. So instead, they're supposed to use terminology like holiday times. And these are actual examples, really. And also, when writing about people, they are to avoid Christian-sounding names like Mary or Maria or John, and they should use words like Malika or Joshua. And so they are to use words that sound less European. And again, the document you know, appears to be something like a style guide, but it's much more coercive than that. And as one news organization put it, this way. While much of the document is comprised of language suggestions, there are some rules which are labeled as being mandatory, such as never using gendered language like policeman, or not using the term Mr. or Mrs., and always addressing the audience as dear colleagues and never as ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so where's the conflict or the controversy 
in all of this. This almost kind of seems par for the course for the European Union to to put something out like this. Yeah, I felt the same way when I started reading the headlines. And I know this seems routine to us in the U.S. where we're saturated by this kind of nonsense. And I guess conventional wisdom would indicate that Europe would be further down the road. But as this controversy unfolds and continues to unfold, the pushback has been very pointed and surprising on several levels. Starting with the Pope and including Emmanuel Marcon of France. Pope Francis is one of the most progressive popes there is, ever has been, even appearing to argue for gay marriage over a year ago. We had a podcast on that. So it usually goes with the flow of the culture and conforms to the cultural flow. However, his reaction to this whole thing about Christmas and language has been particularly pointed. Some would say harsh. He says he was saddened by this policy tactic, and he noted that historically, Autocrats and dictators have tried to censor words and control the vocabularies, but failed. And he compared this paper and its suggestions and its tactics to the practices of the Nazi Third Reich and the communists and socialists of socialist Russia, who all failed to control people. And he added that such actions are doomed to failure and, and, and they don't last. And so he also noted that in Europe, Europe has a Christian heritage that cannot be forgotten. And the Vatican went on to say that such initiatives can't involve the cancellation of our roots as a Christian dimension of our European experience. And, and they go on to say, and I quote, we know that Europe owes its existence and its identity to many influences, but we certainly cannot forget that the one of the main influences, if not the main one, was Christianity itself. And with that, the European commissioner in charge of publishing this document retracted it. And, and tried to make the excuse that it really wasn't supposed to be published. It was only a draft. We've heard that kind of excuse before, haven't we? Mm -hmm. and, so, and so it just seems like now people are fed up. In fact, you know, the next person to weigh in was President Emmanuel Marcon of France, and he criticized the European Commission for its language rules, and he says he doesn't want to be told by anyone what he can or cannot say. And here's a quote. He says, a Europe that comes to explain to people what words they should or shouldn't use is not a Europe to which I totally adhere. It's nonsense, basically. And Macron further added he's not willing to follow these rules. Uh, one European commissioner, Italy's Antonio Tajani, applauded the retraction, tweeting to the effect that long live a Europe of common sense, because Europeans see this kind of politically correct woke ideology and its application is nonsense. Yeah, and it's it's a bit surprising to me that the European Union would get so, and really the Europeans themselves, would get so riled up over this, especially because Europe seems to be so much more secular, even than we are uh, in the United States. And, and really they're just, they seem to be so far away from their Christian roots. Uh, and really what I may maybe many would say would be like a post-Christian era uh, in Europe. And, and so it seems very surprising to me that they would be so tied to these ideas about Christmas. Well, and I'm surprised as well. And that's why we're talking about it today, I think. I think what we're seeing is some sort of trend emerging here and abroad in Europe. And increasingly, European heads of state are critical of what they perceive as woke ideology, which is why I think all this goes beyond canceling Christmas. Increasingly, when you read European newspapers and listen to their speeches, you see a hostility toward what they call American cancel culture. 
and this is particularly true of France. And even a secularist, a socialist, like Emmanuel Macron, is highly critical. In fact, both he and his wife, and his wife was a schoolteacher, recently weighed in on another controversy that, that, that unfolded about the same time about the introduction of a third pronoun into French language. It showed up in one of the French dictionaries. And his wife, a former teacher of French language, basically criticized what she called the degendering of the French language and the arrival of this new uh, pronoun. And she went on to say publicly in a public speech, look, there are two pronouns, il and l. Our language is beautiful and two pronouns are enough. And, and what they're saying is basically they just don't buy into this. And Macron, agreeing with his wife on the matter of pronouns, sees degenderization, as they call it, wokeism and critical theory as a threat to French culture and French unity. And he contends, and these are his words, that the threat is existential and gnaws at national unity. He went on to say it abets Islamism, it attacks France's intellectual and cultural heritage, and he identifies the source of that threat to the United States and its wokeism and cancel culture. He went on to say that the United States... Certain social science theories entirely imported from the United States are threatening our national unity. There's a battle to wage against this intellectual matrix coming from American universities. And so they see problems like pronouns and canceling Christmas as a common thread that is born out of the U.S. educational system. They see it as a disease, almost as a mental illness of some kind. And they are increasingly unwilling to welcome uh, speakers and lecturers from American institutions and universities. Uh, the French officials have argued that American universities are to blame for giving justification to acts of terrorism carried out by Muslims. And the blame is laid on U.S. institutions for a fabricated hatred of the West and a hatred of white civilization. Macron went on to say the common agenda of these enemies of European civilization could be summed up in three words, decolonize, demasculate, and de-Europeanize. And the straight white male, that's the culprit to condemn and the enemy to eliminate. Now, this is the French take, and what we see is they're not buying the woke mindset. And I know we normally think of France as particularly liberal and left-leaning, but apparently they have their limits. So what's up with that? Why do you think that all of these things are changing now? What's going on with that? I think there's been a threshold that's been reached. I, I think because of the left, the progressive left, has tends to have no sense of perspective or common sense, they don't know when to quit, and they just push and push and push, and they overreach until there is a backlash. And I think that backlash, you're certainly seeing it here in the United States with the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse verdict. Uh, you see it uh, with Jesse Smollett verdict. People aren't buying this narrative. They reject this hypothesis. And so, as I said earlier, this action by the European Commission on Language has brought about this backlash centering around Christmas, of all things, and the language. And you see it at home and abroad. And what you see is, is that people are sick and tired of this relentless pushing of this woke agenda with its intolerance and its own hypocrisy. And, and this woke illness, which borders, I said earlier, on a mental illness, is mostly coming from the U.S., which has caused Macron to call the U.S. an existential threat to France's heritage, culture, and unity. And they don't want professors coming from American institutions to poison the minds of their students. All in all, I guess you could say, people are fed up. 
And I think this brings us back to Christmas and the EU Commission on Language, even in our own context. Basically, enough is enough. People are tired of all this happy holiday nonsense, and schools here celebrating winter holidays. What winter holidays? It's Christmas. Yeah, and I think you, you touch on a point that I think is, is pretty important when you think of kind of these agendas that are being pushed. And I think uh, maybe this could be also part of that boiling point. It's this intolerance of any other view. And I think that that's maybe where people uh, decided to draw the line at Christmas of all things to just say, look, like I'm not going to change my Christmas. And so I think the question then kind of turns to what do we do? How does this affect our life? And as we see this pushback against the woke culture, uh, what are some things that we as Christians should be doing uh, as as we, we see these things happening? Well, first and foremost, we always want to be civil, civilized, and represent Christ well. So there's no yelling and screaming and canceling like the cancel culture does. So I would say you take little steps. Uh, here, you don't be afraid, don't be ashamed to say Happy Christmas or Merry Christmas. Try it. You'll be surprised how many people respond favorably and say Merry Christmas to you. I, I, I experienced that with Happy Thanksgiving, you know, instead of Happy Holidays. And when someone, let's say, insists on the odd pronoun, remember, it's a request. You have the freedom to call them by their legal name. And at Christmas, we have to remember the reason for Christmas is Christ, and we don't want to be ashamed of Christmas or Jesus Christ. I mean, we're being pushed around essentially by a vocal minority who insists on tolerance in a most intolerant way, and you may just have to say to them, look, I'm sorry, I don't do happy holidays, I do Christmas. Or you might say something like, look, I know you subscribe to a particular set of beliefs or a political theory, but I don't. And I respect your right to hold those beliefs, but please return the courtesy and respect mine. We can't let anyone cancel Christmas or Christianity. Because what did Jesus say in Mark's gospel? We need to remember this. He said, those who are ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of when I return with my holy angels and before the presence of my Father. We want to think about that. Again, we don't want to be noisy like them, but we need to look at the world around us. I think this this ideology is somebody has to put their foot down, however politely, in, in a godly way, and just say, enough is enough. I'm just not going to go there. And I think that's what you're seeing in Europe. And, you know, it's not just France and, and the Vatican. It's Italy. It's Austria. It's Poland. It's other countries. They're just sick and tired of this because it doesn't make any sense. And so they're pushing back, and I think we should too. Well, I think that's it for today. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like additional resources, go to our uh, resource page. You'll find that at www.gracetoliveradio.org. Hit the resource button. If you have questions, I'd love to hear from you. Email me at keith at hillside.org. If you'd like to learn more about Hillside Church, visit us online at www.hillside.org forward slash services. Uh, you can watch online or you can attend in person at 8 o'clock, 9.30, and 11. In the meantime, whatever your podcast platform, like us, share us with your friends, give us a good rating, and expand our ministry. The algorithms will pick all this up. This is Keith Crosby with Mark Stickler saying God bless you and God keep you.